ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome to today's episode. Hope you're doing well. You've been enjoying the recent releases. And you know what? As every week passes, I've started to realize more and more that I've got some very, very cool sporting friends. And I'm sure they say the same thing about me, maybe, perhaps. But anyway, regardless, they've been great. So be sure to show them some love on their social media right after you do so on ours. It's kickback underscore Nadem on Instagram and on Twitter. And we appreciate you like always. Oh, sorry, I must say as well, thank you to Bradley Wright Phillips for coming to Utah and attempting to beat RSL. As we spoke about on our show, if you've not heard, please go back and listen and just know that my team won 3-0. But anyway, <clears throat> to today's guest. We're stepping away from football for just a moment to speak to a man that features heavily in my second favorite sport, which is track and field. He's a two-time Olympian, a former world youth and junior sprint champion, which led to him becoming the BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year in 2005. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoy my conversation with the newly crowned British men's 100 meter champion, Harry Aikens Arietti. Wow, I've got Harry Aikens here. This is incredible. Thank you, look at you. This is a big day for me, you know, it's a big day for me. The champ is here. Right, you ready, yeah? We're rolling with it, we're rolling with it. Right, so to begin, I need to set the tone, okay? I don't wanna, I don't wanna like, continue this culture war anymore yeah so your parents are from ghana yeah yeah so i'm from nigeria parents from nigeria and we just need to yeah. say it now and you can say it on record nigerian jollof is better than ghanaian jollof <laughs> i'm laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because it's no funny. no say just say it on record nigerian jollof <laughs> is better than ghanaian jollof i mean i don't need to state it because i know i know in my heart what it is if, if you feel that you need to say something to prove it is up to so you so you know so you know that's what it is uh me personally i want to say that Ghanaian jollof is tops but you know <laughs> hmm. I, I, don't, I don't need to rant about it i'm just here to say you know if anyone wants to ask me my opinion <laughs> listen they can ask it all you want but you know the fact is what I said is right. What you're thinking is wrong. How about that? For you, is can you cook it? That's the one. Can you cook it? Well, people love me so much they cook it for me. How about that? And then what's going to happen when you're you're here saying that Nigerian jollof is better and then when they want to taste it, what's going to happen? Listen, don't worry, man. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Just don't bring any any Ghanaian to me and everything will be all right. Okay? Let's <laughs> go. Right. So let's get going, yeah? So, yeah. first things first, you are the 100 meter British champion, yeah? I am indeed. Newly Must be nice. Is that is that why your shoulders are just pinned back just that little bit more, huh? Uh, <laughs> right about now, my, my shoulders are pulled forward because I tried to do a CrossFit workout yesterday and nah, I'm dead. No, no, no. You're sick. But, uh, Don't do that stuff, man. Don't do that stuff. So, I exposed myself. But, um, no, I'm over the moon, man. It's um, it's one of those things, that obviously, I'm a global medalist. I've, I've medaled, uh, you know, European championships, world championships, commonwealths uh, in the relay individually. But I've never been in a position where I'm. I can say that I'm British champion. Mm -hmm. So that that's always been quite tough for people to sort of get their head around because British sprinting is, if not at its its peak, yeah. in, if anything, got multiple guys running super fast. Our relay teams are running super fast, and it's great to be a part of that tight knit circle as well. Okay, so uh, listening to that first answer, I'm going to have to let you know right now that I don't work for the press, so you can relax a bit. <laughs> Yeah, you good with that? Yeah. All right. I don't care if you've pre-planned these answers or anything. 
Just, I'm still in media mode. Just relax. Just relax, okay? I'm talking to you as another athlete, yeah? Allegedly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stunned, actually, that that's the first time you've, you've won a British championship because, like, yeah. we all know who you are. But it was yeah. nice to see, though. It was nice to see, though. I, I, I'll be honest. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, I've, I finished second quite a few times and I've gone on to beat that person that might have beaten me. Um, I remember 2014, I finished second behind Dwayne. Uh-huh. But I got in when we went to the European Championship so and I got a medal in that race so I mean everyone everyone's entitled to a bit of success and that's the thing I love about sport is that I know you've experienced it a lot sometimes you might be the underdog and you mm-hmm. come through sometimes you might be you know expected to win and you win or you don't it's it's quite nice to be in a position where you don't know what's going to happen sometimes yeah for sure and what was the event actually like during 2020 you know the time of COVID Oh mate, it was it was interesting, you know. Obviously, it was in a it was in a city that you know well, Manchester. Yeah, uh, best city in the world. <laughs> I, I didn't. I'd say it's my second favorite city behind where? The UK. Oh, you're from London, aren't you? So uh, Newcastle. I love Newcastle, man. <laughs> Yo, relax, relax, <laughs> relax. No, Newcastle. No, no, no. People in Newcastle, the vibe, the energy. I'm all about. I love it. Right. I do. Love, a bit too far up north, but. <laughs> Manchester finishes second behind that, mm-hmm. but um, it was good. It was they had a lot of restrictions in place. Uh, obviously, wearing a mask if you wasn't well warming up, there was no crowd. But once you sort of zoned in, you were able just to sort of get over it. I guess like once the gun goes, the gun goes. Mm-hmm. It's, you run and um, half the time we don't really get to watch the races anyway because you'll be in the warm up area. Um, so, so you sort of had the chance to to focus on that, but that that's that's where it was a little bit iffy because for me, I, I do like to pop my head out and see what's going on, <laughs> get a bit of the energy and yeah, and get yeah, 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 the energy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Right. So normally, is it not the case that if you win a British Championship, it helps you qualify for something else? So, yeah. So yeah. what what's, what's involved this year? Well, it would have been the Olympics, but okay. obviously everything's just cancelled and X'd and, you know, they've put everything aside. It is for once just a British championship. So I'm I'm reigning, well, I'm the new British championship, which, which is nice because going into an Olympic year, it's nice to know that I've got that title and it's yeah. nice to... Athletics and sport, you know, it's just confidence. It's... You know, it doesn't matter how confident you are as a person. You need you need little things to happen to give you that moment of 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 belief. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got that, and it's it's giving me a pat on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So to talk, get more nuanced with this. So obviously, you won the gold medal, but are you happy with your performance? Um, oh, got you. Know, got, got you. I learned from a very young age that your best race is never in the final. Right, okay. Purely being in a championship race, so I had three rounds that day. Mm-hmm. I was at the track from early morning and I was at, like, I did, so you warm up for periods of time. Some people don't recognise this. So let's say, for example, my first race was at 3.30. I was at the track starting my warm-up at 1. Really? Um, yeah, so, and I know you know this, being no. a former English schools champion, no. you know, I'm, no, I know about you. That was a li- you told a lie there, but I'll cover that up in a second. But go on, carry on. Yeah, no, about you. Um, and so you're there for for a period of time, let's say an hour and a half before. That's the warm up, and then you're put in a call room where you don't go anywhere. Like that's where you're registered, as you might say, for about 15, 20 minutes, and then you race. I had to do that three times through. So yeah, by the final, I'm knackered, you yeah. know, and it's all about mental resolve. It's all about perseverance. It's all about, you know, whether you saved energy or not. So 
am I happy with my performance? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a championship race. Mm-hmm. I did the best I could do and I won. And I learned that from a very young age that you can't expect sometimes to win a gold medal and PB. Yeah. Sometimes you can PB on the, on the circuit and then it's just about winning whatever race that matters. Yeah, you know, uh, to people who don't really know about track, I have to call it track and field over here because athletics yeah. covers everything in the US. But when you say that you're going to warm up for an hour and a half or whatever before a race to run for 10 seconds, it sounds nuts. Like that literally sounds nuts. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right. So as you've alluded to already, so I was a runner myself when I was 14, 15, 16. And as I was turning pro in terms of football, I remember hearing all, all about you just basically just dominating <laughs> dominating English sprinting, dominating. It was a joke. Like from my era, the talk was like Mark Lewis Francis and all this, but then behind this Harry Akins, Harry Etty's guys, it's the quickest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so like with that type of um, dominance from so young, when did you actually first realize that you wanted to be, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. When did you first realize that you were so much better than everybody else? Basically like you run against just chumps. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, because it's interesting. I've always been a little bit under someone, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I've always I, like through a process, I was never the guy that people expected to win until I won. Uh-huh. Then there's some form of step up. Like, you know, when you're playing a computer yeah. game, like, I was leveling up. So obviously I think when I was... 14 i became the fastest 14 year old of all time in europe (laughs) you just 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 rolled off your tongue (laughs) and that's when i twigged something was happening but i still finished third in that race because i was racing under 17s right so i was people that were 16 because of the age category Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the following year i was i then got my first kit sponsor um, I, but then I still had to contend with the likes of people that you beat, I think Craig Pickering yeah, yeah, yeah. and the rest. So I was still sort of competing against these guys that were a bit older than me. So I won my first like age group championship, but I was still racing against those guys that were still a little bit older than me, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when I won the world youths, um, that I did the double, <laughs> I became double world youth champion. Um, and that's when everything just went mental for me because but obviously in you know true african style i came back double world youth champion bbc i'm sports person that year my mum was still telling me to wash up the dishes <laughs> she was still telling me to come and collect this from this come and collect the remote from this room Listen, even though i was just that's next a fact door. that's a fact even me like i'm turning 34 this year and i know the moment i go home if my dad says go and get me something from the kitchen it's not even a question i'm straight up and i'm doing that and that's what some people don't understand like it's it, it humbles us mm-hmm. of it because it, it, it at that moment in time you're sat there like oh come on but it makes me laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different man <laughs> that, that culture that culture is different yeah so, so much respect for my parents I can never say nothing to them if they ask me to do it I'm doing it yeah no literally how. 100% um, that's the energy so even <laughs> like you'd won the world youth world juniors all that stuff when did you actually finally decide that you wanted to have a career in sprinting itself to be fair, quite young, because um, obviously, contrary to, well, the difference being in the States, if if I'm aware, you're not allowed to sign a pro deal until you finish uni, or you can't go to uni if you sign a pro deal, right? Yeah, listen, I live here, I don't live here, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 the way it is. So, okay. for me, I was, I signed, a, I signed what you were classed as a pro deal from, like, 16. Okay. Uh, 
and I bought a house um, of some form to go train in Loughborough at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned 19, sorry. So so from, you know, fairly young, once I was then on a kit deal from, from quite a large sponsor back then, I was like, well, I can't see my life being any different way. I'm, I'm earning a nice amount of money for what a youngster would. But this is where track and field has its problems because to be in that category of elite and taking care of the rest of your life, it doesn't even add up to any level of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's actually a bit of a struggle. So if you are in the elitist sort of period in time, I remember when I won Young Sports Personality of the Year, it was me, Fran Horsell and Theo Walcott. Uh-huh. And we were all amazing and we've all gone on to do amazing things. Obviously, Theo went on to go play in the World Cup. I think the following year, yeah. I went on to win the World Juniors, France, like uh, a global Olympic medalist, all forms of stuff. So, but all of our pathways are different, obviously because of the financial structures of our sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's interesting. But for me, I knew that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life or career-wise from very, very young, 16, 17. You know, looking at um, the just how you are as an athlete, being based out of the UK, like surely you must have been pushed to play other sports. You must have been because you're like an upgraded player on FIFA. Surely, <laughs> dude. I wish. Really, I, I think because from once I signed that deal when I was about 16, and sometimes uh, in the states they're fairly clued up to who they can touch and who they can't. Yeah. The moment I won that the, the world youths, there was no way that you know, I'd be able to play any other sport because I've signed a deal. I'm, I'm obviously the fastest kid in the world and things like that. Um, I would have loved to have played uh, NFL, um, whether I've been a running back or a wide receiver, even rugby, Listen, you know? You're too, you're too soft to be a running back. Tell you that for a fact. You don't like, you don't like collisions. <laughs> if anything, you're, you're big for nothing. Not you're probably a kicker. African What's that? Not with African chest. <laughs> <laughs> Not nah, with this West African test at all. Yeah, let's just say if you were based in the States, you probably would have been doing NFL or something. Guaranteed, guaranteed. Uh, a lot of the guys that I've come up across, um, they some of them, they, they do like a, a summer season track and then yeah. they switch to NFL. So I, I definitely would have liked to have played about. I'd, mate, I'd give it a go now. I'm, nah. I'm part of the same you, club listen, at the moment. You can't take a collision. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you've got some impression to get out of yeah me, but you run away from people you don't run into people to be fair I do do a non-contact sport if you do hurt me I will sue you <laughs> <laughs> alright keep that energy when I come back huh? right so obviously you won the the 100 and the 200 in the world, uh, the world youth championship 2005 was it yeah yeah Um. so real talk yeah like just be completely honest with me here what does it actually feel like knowing you're the best in the world like the world there's nowhere else to go there's no other like human being your age who is better than you at something. How does that feel? To be fair, at that moment in time, because there was no Instagram, there was to get onto the internet, you had to sit at a desktop computer. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm making it cake, but at that moment in time, I had no idea. Like it felt amazing and I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, and I don't really feel like I had much appreciation for what was going on up until I won the World Juniors the right. following year okay. because there was appreciation, because I saw what came from winning the World Juice, because I saw, and I wasn't even, so when I was under 20 for the World Juniors and I won it at 17, 
Um, so that means I beat 19-year-olds. Johan Blake was in that race mm-hmm. um, as well. That meant so much more because of what I what experience I had mm-hmm. from everything else. And, oh, mate, it was amazing. Like, when you're in sport enables you to travel the world, as you know. Yeah. And, you know, the world you saw one in Morocco, but World Junior, I was in China. And, yeah. you know, you, how do you describe that? How do you talk about yeah, it? How do you nuts, yeah. go home, go back to school and you go back to your parents? And it just felt on top of the world, to be fair. And it's that sort of feeling that's driven me throughout my career. Yeah. When uh, when you were at the World Youth, were you favourite going into that? No, no, not at all. Um, and there's, there's something that I've learned throughout time. Um, and... I take it with me from that championship. There was a guy called Alex Nelson. Yeah. Uh, that still competes now. Ashley Nelson. Yeah. Uh, he's a sprinter. And Alex was, he was a freak. Like he was, he was big. He was strong. Um, he was, he was rangy as well. Um, he ended up going to the Olympics in 2008 for the 200. But he, he whipped my ass all year. He, <laughs> he was, he dominated me, mate. I was, I, he, he beat me by like two meters on occasions. But again, we're in a championship. We're in Morocco. He's from Stoke. I'm West African. Do <laughs> great for him. Yes. And I just, I just said to myself at that moment in time, I said, he gave me a bit of confidence. Like some people, like you might know on a football pitch, you know, like you know, you're 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 very very adequate defender in certain aspects. So you know, sometimes when they tell you to go in first challenge, make it a hard one, right? Yeah. Let them know that you're. Yeah. You still think. You'll, you'll then see like where where you can find the gaps. Like yeah. you can see in who doesn't. Yeah. So for me, when Alex came over to me and he said, may the best man win. And I said, what do you mean, make the best man win? You are the best man. You've beaten me. You're yeah. faster than me. And that gave me confidence. And I said to myself, wait, I'm here for a reason. I'm here not to just finish second. Yeah. I'm here to do the best that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I told myself that on Friday when I won my British Championship, I, I told myself that on countless occasions. And um, that that's what was interesting. And obviously everyone would have said that he was down to win. Um, and I ran a PB that race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there you go. Like, Bob's right. Like, I say Bob's uncle. Everything just kind of <laughs> came from... Yeah, I said I said to... Um... To my friends in the studio here, we're going to be saying some stuff which you probably won't understand. <laughs> Bob's your uncle is nailed on one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> that literally couldn't be any more. Bob's British. your uncle. So you mentioned the race. Uh, I think it was the World um, Juniors where you beat Johan Blake, yeah. Yeah. And I imagine most people who are into like world sprinting recognize Johan Blake, obviously off the coattails of Usain Bolt or whatever. But you know, let's let's get out there to begin with. Yes, you did beat him, but there's. <laughs> There's a link between you and I and that race. Do you know what it is? No. Okay. So, I think I think maybe had two athletes representing GB um, in that event. Do you remember who yes. the other person was? Wade Bennett Jackson. Wade Bennett Jackson was the person who won my English school's 100 meters when I finished uh, second, and Craig Pickering was in third or something. And there he, you and, go. And he. I feel- so he beat me or beat us by 0.02. I was one of the favorites for that race on that day. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I've still not got any closure about what was going on on that day to this day now. But basically, it means that if I would have won the race, I'd have been racing you in the World Youth Championship, Junior Championships, and I'd be an athlete now. So yeah. thankfully, I didn't win the race because now I'm yeah. all right. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. That's some, that's that's crazy. That's yeah. actually crazy. Like just different perspectives of how 
you know, one race can make you go one direction or another. Listen, it, to be fair though, we, it wasn't even, it we, wasn't even that race that made me go that direction. It was when I got told that I'm coming in full time to play for City. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah all right. Because where were you like with your football at that moment in time? I was, I was one year away from coming in full time, but like yeah. I didn't quit athletics. I just, football just took all year all of a sudden because I used to be football in the winter, track in the summer. And then all yeah. of a sudden football was summer, autumn, winter, everything. So that was that done. And here I am 16 years later. In terms of speed, right? Because obviously- Here we go, go on. I get a lot of people ask me questions about footballers and speed and whatever else. How much speed do you feel that you carried through or improved on or lost? Um, looking back then- Like I, I'm, I'm quick now, but looking back then, because I was coming off track speed, like I would have been quick, quick. But mm. it doesn't, for me, it doesn't fully translate because you only ever have to sprint like 10, 20 meters. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And then after that 10, 20, you have to decelerate hard. Hard. Oh, so hard and change direction and all this stuff. Like this is, this is why I feel tired today. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> we can't all just run around in circles. You know what I mean? Like this, this is different. So yeah, yeah. It, like there are people on the field who are quick and you could probably be like, probably compete maybe like under... 15 level say national type sprinting but okay. as men that counts as nothing because when you go up against a men's sprinter or whatever it's, it's, yeah. it's different like 100 100 meters to me is far if you said I had to sprint that tomorrow listen I think I'll warm up for an hour and a half to do it as well <laughs> but then it, the mileage that you man are doing kilometers yeah it's too in much looking like 12 uh, midfielders yeah I try and do as little as possible but I'm still coming in at like 9 to 10 yeah <laughs> I try to do. I, I like that. I try to, to do as little as possible. If you get it right, you don't have to run far. But even <laughs> like this off season, uh, well, not off season, like the COVID off season, we're being yeah. given like running sessions to do, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Because I was doing it on a track. Yeah, I was like, when I was a sprinter, I would never, I would never do this. I would never. Okay, we're gonna do two laps now, three laps then, two laps this. I was like, no, 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 no. But I will, I, will, I do rate you, man, because the, the engines is different. Like, I'm asthmatic. I remember when I played football or soccer, I was I, like, I was a striker, so people would just lob the ball up front and say, "Go get it." Yeah, like, yeah. I was, and, and like <laughs> there was moments. <laughs> there's moments where I'm just like. I wanted to play against teams that held the ball against us yes. so that I would consistently be, you yes. know, running left, right, centre. Yeah, and different. the centre-back it. It's and this, 100%. It's different. Like, I think the diff big difference between, say, track and just football is, like, in track, you're trying to optimise performance for a set period of time. Whereas Literally. with football, you just constantly just go in. Very rarely do you ever go 100%, but you, yeah. but you don't ever just chill out for a minute. It's relentless. That's the word, you just don't chill out. Oh, there's no literally, there's no chill, especially for me as the defender, because I'm just chasing the striker. And if the striker's keen, it's like, all right, it's one of those, is it? You, give, it, you give him a little, little little dead leg every so often, right? Ah, uh, you know, you know, it's a lot <laughs> easy, It's a lot harder to run on one leg, huh? But anyway, yes. <clears throat> so after you have those world junior successes, world youth successes and all that, like what were your thoughts about taking the next step, like really going and competing at the men's level? Like what were your expectations? It's hard because a lot of people tell you that the transition from junior to senior is hard and it's not going to come as easy. And and it's funny because I still had a year left as a junior 
um, having been world youth, double world youth champion, world junior champion. Uh, I was sponsored by Nike. I had a car sponsor. Um, I was, you know, I was loving life. But then I got a massive injury, like a career-threatening injury. I ended up with um, uh, two stress fractures in my back. So I actually got the first one in the world junior year when I won the world juniors, but it was misdiagnosed. So all of 2007, I was in a back brace. Wow. I had to learn how to walk again to an extent, like correctly, learn how to do my drills all over again. Um, And it was like a double pause, so it would never heal. Um, So all of a sudden, I've gone from being on top of the world to not knowing if I ever be able to compete again, really. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't weights. This had just come from natural growth. And obviously, my muscles grew quicker than my bones. And I'm producing forces that a normal 15, 16, 17 year old over time, you know, we're, we're dropping like 24, 23 miles per hour at that age. Yeah. Uh, so it set my sort of expectations low. But then because we rehabbed well, I went up to Loughborough. That's when I bought a house. I committed to the sport. Next thing you know, for, uh, indoors, I ran a PB. First race outdoors, I ran the Olympic qualifier. Um, and then uh, I tore my hamstring, unfortunately, because my back was tight. But I still made the Olympic team. Uh-huh. So I was a bit like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. know? Yeah. I was a bit like, well, you know, <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> you know what you keep doing, by the way? So I've got all the topics written down and you keep just flowing yeah. in between all my topics in different stages. <laughs> but, you're t- but you're talking, so I don't want to say, I don't want to just pull you up because it's rude. Because this is no, this is this that. shows for you, it's not for me. But please, <laughs> just just relax, okay? So anyway, <laughs> we fast forward to now. Obviously, you're a British champion. You've been to six mm. world championships, two Olympics, four European championships, two European indoors, one world indoor. So it's not too bad, really, huh? Oh, mate, I didn't. Yeah, not, not the numbers sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, men lie, women lie, but you know, those yeah. numbers right there, huh? Yeah, it's not numbers. bad at all. So. Through all those years, because to be fair as well, like I've described all those things and you could sound like you're about 40 years old, but you're just 32 recently turned, huh? Yeah, yeah. To be fair as well, black doesn't crack. Seeing your face here. (laughs) So what would you say the best thing about your job has been across all the years? Wow. Um, Being, I'm not going to say being your own boss because ultimately, you know, we have coaches, um, we have some form of higher power make us feel that we are uh, sort of performing for them. But then ultimately is the fact that what you put in, you get out mm-hmm. and know that if you've done the work again, I was talking about confidence earlier. If you can feel confident about what it is that you've done and you've done the best that you can do, you can walk away a happy person, but half the time, and we're all held accountable for it as athletes and sportsmen. There will be times where we walk away from something angry at ourselves. Cause we think had I just, yeah. could I, and we're asked a question, but, you know, being your own boss, there's there's lovely aspects of travel um, and meeting different people from different worlds. But I definitely say it's down to, to just having that flexibility and having to encourage yourself, be your biggest fan and support yourself and mm-hmm. have those battles. And, you know, when you celebrate something, you know that you truly deserve it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, my theory would be that you know just not having to decelerate or change direction but you know <laughs> maybe i'm missing the point <laughs> you have no idea about these cuts on the grass and stuff and what it does to you doing shuttles and all this Ugh. so it's the way 
So you were never one for the back and forth race. You just wanted a straight up race. That Listen, was it. I, let's let's call it what it is. Even going into the track and field, two hundred meters was too far for me. All I'd, all you get from me is a straight. That's it. <laughs> I love that. And this is it. For, for, to ultimately get the best out of someone, the best, the most, all you can ask for is them to be honest and you work around it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, f- facts, like, facts, up. facts. Like it, it, when I'm doing pre-seasons over here now and I've still, even though I, I left track and field years ago, it still exists yeah. in my mind. So when yeah. we go up and someone says, right, we're going to do, uh, we're going to run for, like we've, we're doing six minute miles and stuff like this. So we're going to do kilometer splits. Or we're going to do 800s. So I'm like, <laughs> why though? You know I'm what a mean? <laughs> literally just let's just do some repeated sprints or whatever or maybe some long recovery type quality yeah. work and they're like nah nah nah, nah. We, we, we'll go we'll go we'll go mileage yeah mileage for sure. so what would you say the worst thing about um all those years has been um injuries that's the only thing i can think of really um because where where you just mentioned earlier, um, we train and we're mainly fundamentally performance athletes. Yeah. Where cars, we 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 need a certain type of fuel. We train ourselves to be quick on a certain surface in certain footwear, and everything's geared towards running fast. And we're talking you're at the peak of your shape. When you're at your peak, what follows? You know, a drop. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, when you're in the shape of your life, you're often redlining. And, you know, if you push things too far, you do one race too many, uh, you don't allow yourself to recover. Like, I've, I've snapped tendons, I've just got back issues, I've got hamstring issues, I've told my doctor. And then those setbacks, they can just be heartbreaking at times. And, you know, it's, it's, it's those things that hurt the most because ultimately as an athlete, like I said, when you're your own boss, it's not that you want to be spoon fed. You just want the opportunity and the right of passage to do what you feel that you can do in the time frame that you like and in the way that you want to do it. But when those things are taken away from you and you're injured and you're hurt and you're consistently back and forth with something, mm-hmm. that's the most painful thing because you just want an opportunity to live and prove yourself. Yeah. I think that's a, seems to be a common theme across all the sports, whoever I speak to, like, you know, we have so we have we can have such tremendous highs in the things that we do, whether it's an individual or a team sport based thing. Mm. But then when you lose the opportunity to be able to do what you love doing and feel those things and not really know what's coming next, like you need you need a tough mentality to get through that type of thing, don't you? Literally and I, I and I think to myself, I don't know how how we build that mental toughness. I think for me, like we mentioned our parents earlier, yeah. uh, you know, for me, my parents are very hardworking individuals and I've sort of found a way to just find a silver lining and to be positive about yeah. the majority of things. No matter what happens, there's something positive to come from it. And my mum, you know, she's Christian. She always say God willing mm-hmm. and will be, will be. Um, and I think that's what's ingrained in me because I'm not going to sit there and say that I'm the most confident of people in terms of uh, looking through things, but I will try and find something positive to build on top of yeah. to get point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So at the start of every season then, um, what would you say your ambitions are? Is it more about just winning medals or is it about running personal best? That's a good question because personal best lead to medals. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a certain shape, 
that you're gonna achieve certain things. However, I would say it's all about the medals for me. Yeah, definitely. If if I could put, if you were to ask like this Friday, for example, I just I, I didn't run a very fast time. It was in cold, it was cold conditions. Um, obviously, we've had COVID and whatever else to deal with, but the wind meant more. Mm-hmm. Had I run nine nine in amazing fast track, then obviously from that perspective. I would have been like, oh, you know, and finished second, yeah. then I would have been well disappointed. Yeah. Uh, having won, that's the most important thing. So it's all about the medals. So what would you say the biggest factors are every year, which you'll have to like overcome in terms of trying to achieve those goals, whether it's personal or external, like what do you reckon? It's a hard one. Like, it's, it's, because every, as you know, as an athlete, everything becomes important. Like everything is becomes into that circle yeah. because you're an athlete when you walk away from your place of work you have to take care of yeah what it is that your tools are then you also have to look after the factor of your mentality or you don't want to drain yourself so personally if you put yourself in difficult circumstances and circles people are going to drain you from that perspective mm-hmm. um so I don't know. I, like, how did you find things from that perspective? Because I, 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 I struggle to answer that. But to be honest, in a in a team sport, it's obviously it's a bit trickier. You need you hope that you get the right uh, culture set from the top. Then the yeah. coaches have the right ideas, and again, maintain that culture to the point where when you go into work every day, you know what the standard's going to be. You know, mm. so many teams don't have a culture within it. So when things go wrong, things can go really, really wrong. But when, okay. you, but when you have that culture, things inevitably never get, they never get that bad. And they're always kind of progressive because people think in the same way and behave in the same way. So you can become more, uh, it sounds negative, but become more predictable. But yeah. like once you, the more uncertainty you can remove from a day-to-day, week-to-week, season-season basis, the more success that you have because you you know what, you're, everybody knows what their job is. When you walk out on the field, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Mm. Like it's as long as the, it's the right tactic, you'll find success. But a lot of the time, people don't really don't really get that, so things can go rogue a bit. So a left field question here. Well, actually, it's, maybe it's not left field, but from what I gather, finance is still a very big thing in track and field. Yeah, and is it like if you have a disappointing year? How does what does it feel like going into the next year? Do you feel more under more pressure in terms of the? sort of money that was given to you the year before and things like this or is it just a case of we just go again and nothing going on massively it's um it's something that i think needs to be looked at and worked on a little um athletes need a bit more support athletes need um to see some form of longevity to then what i've also found is when someone sort of enables you to have a bit more um relaxation to your training to your running Mm -hmm. you then then to go on to do better mm-hmm. whereas when there's sort of standards that you have to hit to, to keep your retainer yeah that's when get stressed they make um some iffy decisions yeah uh, about injuries and you know some people might get cut 50 percent on their contract mm-hmm. if they don't do a certain amount of races and they might be hurt but they've rushed back from injury yeah so from that perspective financially I, I do feel like track and field needs to be looked at um, it does have a massive effect on people's performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally think in terms of, uh, in some years, some people just race on the circuit a lot. Mm-hmm. 
and not think about the championship. Some people will prioritise the championship because of the rollovers. Um, we have funding in, in the UK. Uh, we have uh, funding if you medal, then the next year you'll be supported, supported in a certain extent. But is it as much as what actual what other professional sports get? I wouldn't say so. So it's, it's, there's definitely a lot of influence financially. Yeah. Is it, would you say it's easier now or back when you first started in terms of trying to find funding itself, especially with the, because you mentioned earlier, say social media and stuff like that. And as far as for people that don't know, I look like I look at your social media and I think you're basically sponsored by every company under the sun. You know what I mean? So <laughs> surely that's relevant now. <laughs> oh, let me just laugh for a minute. Um, <laughs> It's um, if you were to be, so I think I was in a middle middle sort of era. Money in track when I first started on the circuit, there was more. Mm. And when I started, people were telling me how it's drying up um, on the circuit. So you could go to certain races, and there was a lot more prize money to actually win. And people were sort of, you know, getting mortgages and maintaining a form of living on the circuit. Okay. Uh, now I think as an individual athlete to do well is actually really hard um i don't think it's easy now however because of things like social media um that can actually be a bit more of an outlet so something that i've sort of taken on to um because 2017 i was taken off funding wow. even though i was a team that was that won you know world championships and the next year 2018 i medaled at the european championships anchored the team and commonwealth games i still wasn't put on funding um, so financially, um, you know, I have got sponsors, but I'm still having to look to fill that void that was missing. And um, social media has been one of those things for me. And luckily, because it does sort of come more naturally to me, that that is that's that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for some of the athletes, if you're not that way inclined, it's going to be a struggle for them, you know? Yeah, definitely. That does seem to be the energy in 2020 and over recent years. Like I remember, I think it was last year, I heard David Silver, who's what like one of the greatest city players ever. Was being, mm. I was being told he had to leave Adidas because he wasn't doing, he wasn't like posting enough stuff on his social media. But I'm like, but it's David Silver though. Like, whoa, what yeah. do you, what do you mean? But, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. And to be fair as well, I need to give you a compliment. Even though I threw a bit of shade where I said you're sponsored by every company under the sun, it's every company minus one because you don't do Herbalife. So I give you all the credit <laughs> in the world for that. There you go. Oh yeah, and. Yeah. yeah, no pyramid schemes here. I respect it. I respect it. So you basically, so you basically represented like Great Britain for half of your life, essentially. Does it still wow. feel the same now, as opposed to when you first started? No. Yeah. Reason was when I first started, as you know, like you, you mentioned some names earlier, Marcus Francis. Like I was looking up to people like Kelly Southerton, mm-hmm. Christian Malcolm, who's now the new head coach. Um, you know, Marlon Devinish, all of these individuals that were, you know, much older than me, Darren Campbell. I I was a baby to an extent. I felt looked after um, and I wanted to sort of absorb things like a sponge. Whereas now I'm older, but, you know, the young, youngsters in the team now, I'm not going to say they know it alls, but <laughs> they just, they're, 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 there's a bit more of a professionalism about them. Yeah. Um, of staying their own lane um they know they know i guess they know what they're doing yeah and maybe the education that's sort of come through our sport but when i joined i, I was definitely i was just i was just i was asking people questions i wanted to know more i was learning whereas i feel like 
the youngsters now, they come on and they're just sort of like, they're there to do a job and that's good. That's fine. But then I don't feel like they're absorbing as much as they could yeah. given the experience around them and, and what's to have. And yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely different. Yeah, for sure. What would your career highlights been so far? Um, it's interesting you say that because obviously I've been asked that question a lot and it differs because different things mean different, have different sort of values. Um, I would definitely say 2014 European Championships, bronze medal in the 100 metres. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't, that moment meant so much to me. Um, I'd been written off a little bit. I'd, I'd second season with a new coach and I'd actually run really well that year and it just paid homage to um, who I was as an athlete. And I finished second behind Dwayne Chambers. We had James Asalu, who was running ridiculous times. He'd run like 9-9-1 the year before and he was, he was, he was you know, fundamentally, that was his sort of peak. And um, I finished second behind Dwayne at trials and I finished third behind him in La Metra. Uh, Ch- uh, sorry, um, James and La Metra. And La is obviously one of European's finest sprinters as well. Mm-hmm. Um that meant so much to me just because of what I'd persevered through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the year before that, finishing second at the British Champs behind Chambers again, um, I ran a PB of 10.08 and I hadn't PB'd. Um, if that was 2013, I think 2008 was when I ran my PB. Okay. So five years, I hadn't run a personal best. I got close to it, but I'd not broken it. And that meant something to me because it was just another point of proving something to myself. So it's, it's literally, um, it's, it's really hard to say. Uh, obviously, what started my career winning the World Youth and World Juniors, knowing that you're the best in the world at something at a given moment in time, that's monumental. But if I could put it down to something just in terms of feeling, I'll go on the left wing and say that that European medal, because it just, it just did a lot for me. Just like, mm-hmm. it made me feel complete at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's got to respect it. Mm. So this is, this is a very simple question. And I think you might enter your like correct answers playbook for this one, but I don't know. But <laughs> have you ever entered a race you didn't think you could win? Yeah. Yeah, I've lined up to Usain Bolt a few times and gone, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen here? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, of course, of course you do. But at the same time, I've always had that mentality. Whereas um, over in America, for example, some of these guys will come over to the European circuit and they have some ridiculous seasons best. Like that, that year they would have, they're running in Florida, they're running in yeah. Texas, these tracks. Mondo, they're hot. They change the direction whichever way they're running with. So they always got a tailwind. And you're you've been running in, you know, bloody Abingdon <laughs> on a cold, wet day in Oxford. Yeah. And got season's best of ten three, and they've got season's best of ten flat. Yeah. Now put in track, you know, you'll beat them. Yeah. But you'll look at the start list and consistently go, oh gosh, they're they're going to batter me by about three meters here. Yeah. When they actually don't, yeah. you beat them by like tenth. Yeah. And you think to yourself. Oh, I just need to go to these places to go and race, really. Mm-hmm. And what's it? You mentioned Bolt there. So, what's it like actually seeing and competing against like some of the icons of the sport, which is what he is? Because, say for me personally, I think it was two thousand and nine or ten. We played a game against Barcelona at the New Camp, and they had like a B team ish start the game, but then it got to seventy five minutes, and like Iniesta, Messi, Dani Alves, all these guys were walking on the field. And like with Messi, it's like there was a god on the field. It's like, oh my, look at this man. He doesn't even walk like a normal human being. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
<laughs> um, with Bolt, I'd I'd say similar thing because he has an he does have an aura about him. He has he's obviously someone that stands out from the crowd. The fact that he's six foot seven anyway, <laughs> he's you know he's he's got legs like a literal horse. He's massive, <laughs> uh, but his his energy, what he brings. Uh, you can't help but be excited when you're about to race him or be involved in a race with him. Um, I think our best chances of beating him was always in a relay yeah. because we were like, just wanted to run last leg so that we could have a massive lead and try to see if he could chase it down. <laughs> but when you're running against a Jamaican team where there's like three of the four are like in the top five all time list, mm-hmm. you know that you're not really going to get that lead. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you got a Al, my, um, and uh, what's the name? Johan in the same lineup is a bit mad, but yeah, it, it's he's got that, like you talk about with Messi, he's got that you know, God status in track and field. And you, you're humbled when you're around him, but you're also excited. And I've also always looked at the um, positive side of it in saying that if whatever race he's in, it's going to be a fast race, so he'll pull me along, yeah, for sure. So as an individual, you've probably not been to as many like big finals as you would have liked to so far. I need to say so far because you're only 32. You know what I mean? Like who is, is it Kim Collins that's still racing? He's like 55 now. You know what I mean? So you've got plenty of time. But if you're not in a final, do you still watch? Oh yeah, 100%. I still get nervous. Really? Because you're, you'll be invested, whether it be a teammate that's in there or whether it be someone you know, because you do get to know these individuals and these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure you, you might know some people from opposing teams that, you know, you just come to like because you respect them. You have good races, good competition with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always watch it just because, and also to learn, just yeah. to, you're consistently learning to see how people react, to, to enjoy the vibe. I think it's it's fundamentally the best thing you can do. So you say it kind of inspires you to like kick on again or what? Then, whether you, I remember missing out on the world final in 2011. Um, the person that won my heat actually failed a drug test not too long after. So that I, I, I got top two. I beat Justin Gatlin, uh-huh. um, Collins that beat me, yeah. and uh, another athlete that failed a drug test. So I finished third. Um, and I remember locking myself away for like a day or two, just being so upset. But, you know, I watched the final and I learned a lot from it because... Ultimately, if you keep yourself in darkness, where where will the light shine? Where mm-hmm. will you grow? Where will you prosper? Mm-hmm. Nothing grows in darkness, you know? Listen, where did you steal that quote from? <laughs> Bro, you know, it just flowed. It just flowed off the tongue. Yeah, all right. I never had you down as a lyricist, but sure, Open whatever, book. whatever. <laughs> right, so you've won a few of your medals in the 4x100 relay, yeah? And yeah. considering sprinting is such a, like, me versus the world type of event, like, how do teams actually come together and find success? Because, you know, like, it's all the... Sh- I love... Listen, I love watching 100, but you're seeing guys on the line, like, flexing, like, doing all these sell- little dances and stuff beforehand. Like, how can that individual then go into a team of four? How does that work? Um, it's got to come down to the fact that we love winning. There's... there It literally comes down to some form of common goal, Um We've, we we British sprinters actually had some trouble previously um, with egos and attitudes. And trust me, like you said earlier, when things go well, it's fine. But when something goes wrong, it blows up. Yeah. Uh, but, um, we had some success in 2014. We were European like champions, Commonwealth Games, silver medalists. Um, you know, however, 2015, it sort of imploded 
from the inside for us and we had to we had to fix it so we we the psychologist came in a woman called jen savage she worked with us and she made us understand all of our sort of backgrounds and made us realize that we're not all too dissimilar in terms of our leadership skills in terms of even some people are quieter than others some people like to be spoken to a certain way and then it just came down to the fact that we all understood each other a bit better and we all had a common goal we all signed up to the common goal being that we want to you know the olympics was next year but also winning the world championships in 2017 um and we've gone on to be so successful uh, from that point on, I think in terms of relay from from 2016 onwards, we went on to uh, be the reigning European champions, Commonwealth champions and world champions up until last year where we got silver. So, um, yeah, we, we just came together. Mm-hmm. You see, you, you're very sneaky. Like throughout this whole episode, you keep just like humble bragging, just dropping stats and medals and stuff on us. I see what's going on here, you know, <laughs> just because it's not changing your face doesn't mean I don't see what's happening. Let me open that quote book again. I'll yeah, give you one. Go on. Listen, I, I see what's going on here. I see what's going on. <laughs> so if your career had to stop right now, how would you rate it according to what you perceived could and would happen? I mean, I'd give it I'd give it a little six and a half out of ten. Okay. I'm missing the medal. Um, and I feel that like I've run sub ten windy twice. And I definitely got it in me to do it legally. So I think if I could tick those two boxes, then then it will be a good nine out of ten. Okay. So before we even go on to this next stage, we have to make it clear. Even though I asked you the question about the end, you're 32, and as I say, Kim Collins is still running. So there's <laughs> there's not even any thought of retirement, yeah. And thankfully, there's going, to be, there's going to be more to come. So just some some more just di- just different types of questions now, yeah. So which is the athlete you'd most like to beat? whether past or present in a race? Oh. Um, I mean, I would have always liked to race someone like Linford. Yeah. Linford, just, just, just to say that you race, he's our last Olympic, like, you know, champion mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, yeah, I would say Linford. Okay. And then just like, just flex on him. So yeah, you're done. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So, would you rather, you know, in in the Olympics now, say next year, would you rather break ten seconds and finish fourth in the final, or win a relay gold? Oh, relay gold. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, gold. Okay. I'm Olympic champion either way. Whereas, like I said, I can run sub ten on any track in the world, but I want that. I want that Olympic medal. Okay. How about? Would you rather run the re- uh, sorry um, run the relay with your friends and finish second, or run the relay with your enemies and finish first? I'll run it with my enemies. I don't mind. You, you're just hungry for medals, aren't you? Starving <laughs> for medals. My word. Mate, I, I could chat to my friends after, and we're reminisce. <laughs> my enemies, I, I ain't gonna chat to them after. But then <laughs> pass the baton on, and we move. All right. So, if you could only keep one of the medals you've won so far, which one would it be? Oh, oh! Uh, I would say my 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 world bronze from two thousand and nine. That was my first. Um, I became the first British athlete to medal at every age group with that medal. Okay, 
that 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 was like yeah 2009 i anchored the team well is a global medal i'd keep that one see you did the thing again do you know where you big yourself up i was the first i was the first i was the first you think i was stupid i know what's going on <laughs> can't get anything past you boy <laughs> <laughs> so how about this then would you rather give up social media for a year or train to be a marathon runner for a year oh oh Oof. Do you know what? I trained to be a marathon runner for a year because the, the content from that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to talk about mileage though. Oh, oh okay. mate, that is horrible. Yeah. That work and PP, the thing is, right, people will often, as I, I'm sure you've had people talk to you about hard work and yeah. dedication. But this, what I do, sprinting comes easy to me. I'm explosive. Yes. I without really trying preach, so therefore preach. it's 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 something that comes naturally to me now if you're asking me to take myself out of my comfort zone and start from scratch you'll you'll see my dedication and morals <laughs> disappear <laughs> <laughs> you see this is the beauty of your of your work because you can just stay in your lane specifically but for us yeah. in football it's all it's a spread one minute we're doing like 40 meter sprints the next minute it's like get on the line you're gonna run for 40 minutes it's no, like, nah. Yeah. but like you're not allowed to not be enthusiastic which is hard but anyway that's it so you've mentioned that you broke Cheer. um the broke 10 seconds windy twice yeah i think that, is that was that right mm -hmm. so yeah. would you rather have a windy world record or a legal second fastest ever a legal second fastest what you yeah yeah because there, there there used to be a windy world record of by Obadeli Thompson. Yeah. And no one really knows of it. It's okay. not really people within our sport, you know, sort of look at and say, yeah. Whereas if you imagine just walking up to someone and be like, hi, I'm the second fastest man of all time. <laughs> so my, well, what happens if I then say, well, where's the first? I'll say, hey, he's a good guy. He's a good, good <laughs> He's the only other person that can say he's faster than me. <laughs> well, maybe how about then if the windy world record is like 2.1 meters per second? Like it's close. Oh, that, that would be painful. That I actually just wouldn't want that. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I respect it. I respect it. How painful. You run a world record and you're talking about, so obviously the legal limit is 0.2. And all of a sudden, you run the world's fastest time, and it's and it's windy by point one. Right, listen, meters per second. Obviously, it's not to the same scale. But just last week, I scored a goal, ran off, celebrated, celebrated with the team, and the ref came over and they did the VAR sign and said, "Ah, oh, it's, it's offside." That's that's basically how I feel about someone running a world. Well, obviously, I say different context, but someone running a world yeah. record, running around the track like ah, quicker than ball, and then the stack Amazing. comes in, it's two point one. You're like ah. Mate, that that would drain your soul in that moment. <laughs> you would forever, you would forever try to recreate that, and to know that it might have been perfect. You'd, like you can't recreate that moment. Yeah, ever. for sure, for sure. So I'm what, upset talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see you getting tight. Relax, relax. <laughs> what were the goals? For, what would you say the goals are for the rest of your career? I think I've said them. Uh, Olympic. I need that Olympic medal, and to run sub ten. That's it. Just that same yeah. consistent thing. Yeah. 
yeah, that's that's what's driving me. Um, it's it's two things that I feel that are measurable and achievable at the same time. So, you know, have I won sub 10 yet? No, legally. Have I got that Olympic medal yet? No. So until I've got those two things, I'm going to keep going. Okay. And when you finish, what comes next? Because I'm thinking like dancing with the stars, I'm a celebrity, you know, something stupid like that because you like attention. <laughs> um, do you know what? I like the attention in a good way, but I'm a celeb would kill me. Okay. Uh, that you'd see the worst side of you then, boy. Yeah, I'll be that yeah, quick. for sure. I'll be like all sorts. But, um, <laughs> mate, I think I, I'd make good TV for people to laugh at me. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think the world's my oyster. I like helping people. Um, obviously, I think consultation of some form, I like to help people reach their goals. Um, TV would be fun to work in. I think I would just sort of try and spread myself across a few different avenues, but athletics in a certain sense, I'd always want to try and pay homage to it in some way. Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. So that was actually the last question, but before you go, I need you to give a shout out to your social media because obviously you you, you thrive on followers. So let's just try and get you some more. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Insta. Um, I actually went a little bit viral on TikTok last week. I was surprised by it. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, it's A-I-K-I-N-E-S if you want to follow. Uh-huh. I'm always um, so yeah, just jump on the wave. <laughs> That's it. I'm going. I've had enough. I've had enough. No, thank you very much, bro. Appreciate it. Great to speak to you, champ. <laughs> no, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, take it easy, man. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. And with a bit of luck, maybe we'll speak again at next year's Olympic Games. Now, wouldn't that be fun? But anyway, thank you for listening. The numbers keep growing and we appreciate every single one of you. I'd also like to thank my dream team of media manager Skylar Warwick and producer Ryan Hale. And of course, thank you to Mountain Air Studios, Draper, Utah. Be sure to stay safe and stay tuned. Get these in at the end. Pew, pew. For the listeners, exclusive behind the scenes. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>